I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hi, welcome to Beauty Bosses. I'm so pleased to introduce everybody to the amazing Georgia Louise. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. And I wanted to come. (laughs) (laughs) Great, it worked out. So many of you already know Georgia Louise. Everyone knows Georgia Louise. But she is an esthetician extraordinaire. She is a skin magician. She's a facialist to the stars. She's basically revamped the way all of Hollywood, New York, the world thinks about beauty and treatment and care of the skin. So this is a really fun episode of Beauty Bosses for me because the two of us are really interested in the same kinds of things. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have so many questions for you. I have so many questions for you. I know. And many of you guys don't know this, but we're like long lost best friends because we're the same age. Mm -hmm. We both are passionate about the skin and beauty. Mm -hmm. We take care of many of the same people and we are really passionate about what we do. We really are. Yeah. So I'd love to start by having you tell us a little bit about your career, like explain your job to everybody. So it started when I was 11, my mom actually got me my first bottle of cleanser and toner and I became obsessed with cleaning my skin thoroughly and I realized that having clean skin really prevented a lot of issues with skin and so that led me to helping my friends at school in the bathroom cleaning their skin. And that led me to telling my mom and dad, I don't want to go to college. I just want to go to beauty school and be an amazing beauty therapist. And so I went to beauty school in the UK for two years and loved it. Just absolutely loved what I did. And from then on, I went to Chapneys, which was a beautiful house bar in the UK, in the country, and spent three years working for them. And then I traveled Switzerland and France and did some great training with different brands like Renegino and Declior and decided that after all of that, that I just really want to focus on skincare. And I opened up my clinic when I was 20 in London. Amazing. So I just turned 20 and I had my own uh, practice and I had, you know, lots of people coming to me at that point. And, you know, at 20, most of us are still figuring out how to get a slice of pizza. Right. Um, at the neighborhood yeah. pizzeria. So how did you have the courage to open a business and hang up a shingle in a really competitive market like London. My mother threw me into work when I was 14. So she believed that at 14 you should have a Saturday job. So actually when I was 14 I was working on a Saturday in her best friend's spa. So I already had like an insight into how a spa was working. I would pick up the phone, make the cups of tea and coffee, laid out the rooms, you know. And so that already gave me that training of like that work ethic. Um, And I just really had my own style of working and I was always in trouble with every single brand. They would tell me, Georgia, stick to the protocol. And I'm not a protocol kind of girl. They're there to be broken. Right. And so I would literally like have the Dacleor bottles, the Guineau bottles, the Talgo bottles, and I'd mix things together and make magic. And clients were like, this is amazing. Can I request, you know, Georgia again? And, um, but everyone in the spa was like, no, she's not doing the protocol. (laughs) And so then I realized then I have to do it for myself. And I set up my own practice and decided that I wanted to do bespoke facials and really focus on tailoring, you know, really good skincare for clients' concerns and clients' skin type versus what's in the textbook. 
and and that's where it really all began and the fascination and you know no facial is the same and people would come and say that was so different than last time why I was like well why because your skin was different back in May you know now it's the winter your skin is drier so we have right. these different products so that's the reason why I switched to your exfoliation experience because we needed to adjust because your hydration's low so you know there was a reason for my madness and then I really got into machines and I added all the machines into the treatment so it became holistical with a scientific approach. I love that you're marrying both of those worlds. Um, Let's rewind for one second. You talked about something that really interests me because Mm -hmm. I think of that as the seat of my practice too, Mm -hmm. which is super micro customization. Right. And, you know, in this world of protocols mm-hmm. where you want to come up with a grocery list for every person and yes. patient. Yeah. Um, what is your philosophy behind customization or how do you make sure that each experience that you give someone is just right for them at that moment? So the fundamental really is understanding their skin type. And I think so many people tell me that they have a skin type A and really they're a skin type B. And so I make sure that my girls and myself in the practice really like understand what your skin is. So we do a really in-depth consultation so we can understand exactly what your skin is. And then that really gives them the information to understand what to use on their skin. And first of all, looking at the skin and then touching the skin, you read the skin in different ways. You know, so by understanding the texture of the skin and how it feels and how it responds to heat and touch, I can really understand the anatomy of the skin. And so once you have that knowledge, um, and once you understand the temperament of that client, are they in a good mood? Are they in a bad mood? Do they want to relax? Are they here because they have a wedding and they want to look, you know, fab and beautiful? Are they going to the Oscars and they need to be lifted and tight? Then we adjust the protocol to their needs. So it's sort of like, this is your skin type. What are you doing? Why do you want to be here? And then we customize that whole experience. Do you want to come weekly? Then we need to do the microcurrent track where we can lift and tighten you because you want to be a weekly client. Are you just here for the maintenance treatment? Then let's really maintain your skin in three levels, which is the cleansing, the detoxification, the purification. Then we go into muscle work. So we look at muscle stimulation. And then coupled with that would be the tightening work that we do. So um, there's a whole method of uh, wizardry as your work too, and how we you know proceed with the bespokeness of each treatment. Very cool. So when you started out, talk us through how a day in your life as a brand new esthetician with a brand new shingle and a brand new office yeah. compares to your current life today. Like how many clients were you seeing in a day? How many employees did you have back then versus today? And tell us about your growth. You know, it was very hard for me in the beginning, and I never had a mentor, or I never worked for an esthetician, because I decided that I would be bold and, like, set up my own store, okay? So, I remember there were really hard times when I was knocking on people's doors, and back then, we didn't have Instagram, we didn't have Facebook or Twitter, so it was literally... It's hard to imagine, right? It's really hard (laughs) now, because we were relying on you and me, I believe, so much, and so... There was a really hard time in my life where I would literally have the massage table on my back and I would be knocking um, in our building block and passing my business cards underneath the doors and then suddenly the phone would ring. So there was a time in my life where, you know, it was very difficult for me. I was very scared. I embraced being my own boss, but, you know, I would maybe have two or three clients a week because I was so new when I was 20. You know, I didn't have that sort of experience. And then... 
I decided from, you know, freelancing, I would open up my own store and there was a hairdresser upstairs and it was hard. I had to speak to all the clients that came in for a blow dry. Oh, you know, I'd love to like treat your skin. You know, why don't you try a facial with me? And people were very reluctant to try without being referred. And I think you probably get that too. Absolutely. And so it was a lot of trust and it was a lot of being there in that moment. And once I sort of hit a point where I was having... 20 clients that were regular it was like they would tell their friends and then their friends would tell their friends and it was like a you know a circle of like friendship and I, effect it was exactly. amazing and I had this regular like clientele and then um I remember um my first piece of press it was in Tatler magazine um Olivia Falcon who was an amazing um beauty director at, at Bob Tatler magazine and she's like I'm going to unleash you to the world and um, you know you're amazing and more and more people need to know about your hands and so she wrote the first article about me and then from that moment onwards it was you know more magazines were calling and I began to actually have you know an amazing clientele from that when I met my husband in uh, London 10 years ago he wanted to move us to New York and so I had to close down that whole business in clientele and I didn't know a single person in New York you know I just literally and arrived here you are starting from scratch so I had to start all over again and I was right. really scared because although I had the experience and it's sort of like once you've got the experience and a model down so you understand how to find the clients how to serve the client and you've got a great treatment that you believe in and you know that you can do amazing work with your hands I knew that I had all that down, but I didn't know who to go to. I didn't know what was the Upper East Side or what was the Upper West Side or, you know, also, like, different clients. You know, for example, the clients in New York are very fashionistas and it's a very different demographic to the clients that I had in London. So how do I communicate with that client base? It was a very different world for me also. And understanding a Brit is very different because, you know, I say garbage and you guys (laughs) say trash. (laughs) Howard, tell us a little bit about how New Yorkers are different from... Londoners. Well, I was really scared. I remember landing here going, holy <laughs> smokes. Um, I remember just thinking, everyone is so fast and like everyone wants it now on a plate and there's no tomorrow, it's today attitude, you know? And I just remembered thinking, oh, there's no time for me to sit down. I'm going to be running the day I got here and I haven't stopped running since I got here. Um, the New Yorker, my clients, I love every single one of my clients, but they know exactly what they want and they're not as scared to tell you. Whereas in the UK, my clients would be too scared to tell me what they really wanted. Oh, you know, whatever you want to do to me today. But my clients were like, can I have a cleanse? And I only have like one spot here. Can you just extract that? And I've got to be out the door in 20 minutes, but don't do this thing because my hair's going to, you know, be all messed up. So it's a completely different, um, you know, clientele. But I like that because they just know exactly what they want. And they're not... They're very direct, right? Very, very direct. And I, I take it now. Before, I find it a little offensive. But now I'm like, you know what? This is your appointment. In a way, it's amazing because it's very clear communication. So you you have to respect that. Yeah, no, I really do, and I sort of like no, I'm I'm I, I bring that on now. Yeah, great. Um, so tell us a little bit about some of the more difficult times in your journey because you're amazingly successful now. You take care of some of the most beautiful faces in the world, mm-hmm. Oscar-winning actresses, Victoria's Secret models, everybody. Uh, but was there ever a time when you felt like this wasn't going to work out and that you thought you should just pack up shop and quit? Well, actually, that happened to me in London. Um, Unfortunately, I had a thriving um, business on Fulham Road, and um, I was super happy. I had a beautiful clientele. 
And um, the landlord decided that they wanted to sell the whole business, and that was including me. But I was so young and naive at the time with the contract, I didn't really understand how to read a contract. I was, I went away and I signed a contract, and I was like, yes, it's my first store, I'm so excited. But they bid and somebody won it, and it enticed the whole building, which meant it was my business. But equally, my business is just me, right? So I couldn't work there anymore. So I lost my whole practice, and I lost everything. And at that point, you know, I was buying expensive machines, and so I lost all my money. I had no money, and I was really scared, and I had to call every single client and tell them that my business is closing down. And I had to rethink, and I'm like, maybe I'm not cut for this, you know, like I wasn't maybe I'm naive, maybe I shouldn't have signed this silly lease and how could she do this to me? I had an amazing business and now it's been taken away from me. What am I going to do? So there was a moment in my life for, you know, one year where I had to really rethink about what I wanted to do. And so I went into sales, I went into training and I, I work for a couple of companies being a trainer because I love to train people on how to do an amazing treatment. So I became a trainer for a year. But there was something pulling me back. And I'm like, why am I being pulled back? I had such a horrible experience. When you put your, you know how this would be, you put all your love into something only to, to think that you've lost it all was really a moment in my life which really broke me. Um, and so I was training and then I just realized, you know, in like month 11, like this is crazy. Like my passion is my hands and I've got to touch somebody's face. It's driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to start looking for a premises again and I found another premises and I made sure I found a great lawyer and I put money into finding a lawyer and I re-signed a contract and started all over again. So that was a really frightening moment for me when I lost all my money, all my clients and I had to close my doors. Um, That was a hard, hard moment for me. Um, Obviously coming to New York and not knowing a single person was frightening also because I had to start all over again. But... I believe that when you're really passionate and you know that you are so good at doing something, you you have to unleash it. And I believe that if you want to unleash it, you just have to just really go for it and just believe in your capability. And I've always believed in that. So, yeah, I've been I've been down a dark hole, you know, with that. And now here you are on the other side. Yeah. So, what advice do you have for young people who want to pursue a career either in the world of aesthetics or right. really in anything where? They're starting out, there's some entrepreneurial abilities, but really no infrastructure. How do you advise people to stay you on know, track? I think what it is when you're young, you think you know it all, right? We'll be down there. Let's honestly speak like, openly. Like, all of us think that we, we know what we're doing and we think that we're the smartest thing ever and we can just go ahead and do this. But look what happened to me. I, I wish that I had a business advisor that said to me, George, like, make sure this contract is solid. Like, why are you signing this contract? You, you know... So I think for anyone that wants to try anything, always get like really good sound business advice. It's definitely worth having, you know, whoever you can afford to advise you legally is really, really important. And make sure that you have the right licenses because that's really important also that you know that you're going to yes. sell it correctly. Let's um, talk about that for one second. Yeah. So you're a licensed esthetician. Yes. And yeah. I really appreciate that about you because whenever I suggest you to my own patients, um, which I do, a side note because you're amazing. Um, <laughs> it's important for me to feel like I'm sending people, real human beings, to someone who's appropriately trained and credentialed and licensed. Mm-hmm. And can you talk a little bit about 
the unlicensed world out there. Yeah, I mean, I was just telling you outside before I came in, I had a really horrible experience um, in Miami recently where I wanted to, you know, indulge in a nice treatment and I was recommended, I don't want to name names, I recommended um, an amazing treatment that I was super psyched about and um, and actually was thinking of taking on this machine for my practice. So I had a treatment and the downtime was 48 hours and I'm fine with some redness. And um, But that wasn't the case. I blew up. I looked like Koshimoto. My skin was so blown up. My eyes were closed. I was so inflamed. I was so frightened. Um, and she said to me, oh, but a receptionist could do this for you. I'm like, why would I have a receptionist do uh, a radiofrequency treatment on my skin if this happens to me, I don't care if it's like one in a one thousand chance. She said to me, "It's a one in one thousand chance." I'm what really if you're like one thousand? I was. Guess yeah. what? Did you see, not see the photographs yeah. I sent I you? Did. I saw the I looked terrible. No, really, it was so it bad. Was scary. My eyes were closed, and my husband, my poor children, and I. And that's the thing. It's like you should never go to a place that doesn't look correct, doesn't have the certificates on the wall. You really need to make sure that you trust the people that touch your hand, touch your face, because it's such. It's frightening. It, you know, I know that firsthand. You really have to do your research and go somewhere that's been referred to you. Do your research. Go online. I mean, we have so much access to information. You want to go to like certified credential, you know, um, estheticians, be it plastic surgeons, dermatologists. It's super, super important. You only have one skin. You don't want to muck it up. I could not agree more with that. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit more about skin. Yeah. Because this is the fun part that you're, this is your major expertise, so we want to pick your brain. Okay. <laughs> Tell us a few of the really bad habits that people have that are ruining their skin and you see all the time and they make you want to cringe. Yeah. Um, there's a few things. Um, one thing is that people start picking their skin and they think that they can extract their own skin and then what happens is they spread the bacteria or they try and use a lancet and they ask me for a lancet and I say, I'm not giving you any lancets because that happens, you're going to scar your skin. So the biggest no-no is like picking up the skin and trying to extract your own like zits and whiteheads because really and truly, if you haven't prepped the skin properly and you haven't sterilized in the right way and if you're not doing it in the correct way, you can overstretch the pore then you're going to have an enlarged pore and then they come to you because then you treat the enlarged pore with laser. And then, then they spread the infection and they're like, well, I wonder why I have bacteria all over my chin. It was just one zip. Well, because you didn't drain it properly. You spread the bacteria in the skin. Two, um, they use, they overuse products. So they overlay with the wrong products. So they think that they're using all the right products, but they're really not. And they're using too much of something. And they don't really understand how to pair a product, you know? Mm -hmm. So they're using the wrong layering technique. And so I see a lot of clogged pores because they're just using an oil on top of a serum on top of another oil. So incorrect layering of product. Three, um, no, not using sunscreen. You know, it doesn't matter if it's um, you're not on the beach. You know, you get the reflection on the ground and the sun is so strong now. Every day, rain or shine, right? Yeah, yeah. pigmentation, as you know, is one of the anti-ages of skin. If, if, even if you're walking and you're going to grab a sandwich, you are still exposed to, you know, the UVA and UVB. And so you should wear a sunscreen every single day, come winter, spring or fall. It's really important. I totally agree with that. Um, and it's funny, I sometimes tell my patients that if you look at youthful skin, like a teenager's face versus a 20-something, 30-something, 40-something's so face, it's so it's like butter. It's like butter. I, yeah. It's all I love supple. that term. It's buttery and beautiful. I look at my babies, and I'm like, 
Wow, God, it's so buttery. Like I, I know. I wish, I wish I had a voice like you when I was like two. I, you know, cover <laughs> myself like in SPF. All the collagen. Yes. And, and the one thing you also notice is if you really look at that, um, if their skin, it's all one color. Like they really don't have the stigmata right. of the little brown spots from the sun. Exactly. A little bit of irregularity and redness. Yeah. All the stuff that we do to ourselves. Do you have one of those really scary UV cameras here? Because we have it at the office. Yeah. <laughs> and you put the client's head through, and you just see all the UV you exposure that you. Can't so see much exposure it's under the skin and you know I always tell people that it's like five years worth of damage you know you can't see that for another five years it takes five years to really see the damage from the melasma the pigmentation and you know it's like when you look at some clients they have like their skin so pigmented but then I say look at your belly this is what your skin will look like if you didn't expose yourself and I flip open their top like oh my belly is like a baby skin I said exactly <laughs> because you didn't expose your belly to the sun so, you know, yeah. sunscreen is, is, is important. Um, okay, so what are some f- things that are free and easy that people can do right away to help their skin? Uh, drink lots of water. You know, yes. I think one of the, I think it's, it sounds really silly, but um, actually, you know, hydration, you know, we're 90% water in our skin, and it's really important that you keep the hydration level up. So drinking a lot of water is free. Um Try not to use too much hot water on your skin. Also, I see people always like indulging in like heat treatments, but actually that causes a lot of inflammation in my book. So, um, try not to use hot water on your face all the time. I use like tepid water is so much better on your skin. Um, if you um, want to really take care and do the double cleanse, get a really nice like uh, microfiber cloth for your skin and use that to clean your skin. Um, you could do a pre-oil, like an avocado oil, um, followed by your cleanser. So you do the oil cleanse before the cream cleanser. It's a really nice tip. Um, <clears throat> I really like to do those things. Even if you want to go and get a little bit of um, honey and some Greek yogurt, you can mix it up and you can apply that as a beautiful mask. And a delicious snack. Yeah. And the other thing, if you have acne or if you have like breakouts, apple cider vinegar. It's amazing. You add um, a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar and, um, you know, two pinches of baking soda. Mix it together. It's free, right? You have those ingredients in every household. Um, put it on a 4x4 or a, a cotton disc and you'll just see how much muck you can get out of the pores. It really helps to, like, clean out the pores. So baking soda and apple cider are free and great yogurt and honey. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Who has the best skin in Hollywood, or who are some of your favorite complexions around? You know, there are so many. I think that my Hollywood set clients, who I absolutely, utterly adore, know and totally understand the regime and looking after their skin. So, whenever I, I see my LA group, I just think, wow, you are you you have the perfect skin. So whether it's you know a young Emma Stone, I mean she's absolutely stunning inside stunning. now, and I Beautiful. it's always a pleasure to treat her. And you just worked on her just, right before the Oscars, right? Oscars. Yeah, the day she looks glowing and amazing. Yeah, her skin's stunning. I love Jennifer Lawrence, beautiful. I mean, her skin's beyond, but also they're younger, right? So if we compare some of my older clients who are beautiful, um, I absolutely adore Kate Blanchett's skin. I think everyone is always looking at her skin, thinking her skin's absolutely stunning. Completely loves her skin. Yeah. Beautiful, wouldn't you agree? I would agree, and she doesn't have all of that sun damage that you see on a lot of women. She stays out of the sun. Yeah, I love that. On the topic of Kate Blanchett, she recently. Has, oh my has created a little bit of buzz for you, right? Um, regarding your EGF facial, right? Which, mm-hmm. What did she call that exactly? I'm so could embarrassed. You, Am I allowed to say it? Could you? I think you are. Can well, you tell us a little bit about this? P E N I S. 
Um, basically, um, it came so, from her lips, not mine. Um, you know, I and you do here too. It's like your version of the the PIP, but um, you know, I I don't take the blood, but I use um, EGF, um, and I have different um, sources of it. But wait, let me pause and explain for our audience. Okay, Kate Blanchett recently made news and had this little viral story that everyone read everywhere yeah. about Georgia Louise's quote penis facial right okay, and you said it not me <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know why you made me say that because you were supposed you. to say that yeah. so I'm mad but we'll move on <laughs> she's calling it the EGF facial because she's a classy Brit um, right and she's going to explain a little yeah, bit about it yeah it was it's interesting um I think that she called it that because it's sort of like this like under like street word for it now in, in Hollywood and you should see my my phone it's like I have like my clients in Hollywood say can I booking for the penis facial so naturally <laughs> so like it went viral you know for the longest time I have well, like, who doesn't want to look like Kate Blanchett right exactly um and so it's like one of my biggest treatments that I'm doing now um because as you know the results are in, Incredible. Amazing. So, you know, EGF is epidermal growth factor. Um, you find it in, um, you know, various different forms. You can get it from um, stem cells. You can get it from bone marrow. You also can get it from foreskin. And so um, you could also get synthetic versions and you can also get it from, um, for example, Swiss apples. So there's different ways of getting it. Um, so I was actually using clone um, foreskin EGF. And so the term Penis came from the foreskin. So that's basically how we got to that, okay? <laughs> um, and that's what happened. And so she's a huge fan and an amazing person. And she leaked it to Vogue magazine that I gave her a penis on her face, which was technically EGF. <laughs> and it went viral. And now everyone thinks that I do penis facials. And really, I don't. It's actually EGF. <laughs> which is so funny. But that just goes to show you the power of branding. It's amazing. Yeah. Unexpected terminology. I, I had no idea. It, was, it Who went knew? viral. Right, yeah. well, it's the same way the PRP facial yeah. becomes the vampire facial right. and then it becomes a totally and different entity because totally it has a thing. cuter name. Right, right, yeah. Um, okay, what are some popular skincare myths that are actually not good and not true? Um, people say don't use oil because you're going to get clogged pores. It drives me crazy. It's like so many people say, I'm so scared to use an oil. I'm like, no, that's complete. Baloney, it's not true at all. It's just knowing what oil is correct for your skin. I really have been a believer in oil. I've been using oil on my skin since I was like 12. Um, it's just finding the right oil for your skin. Um, it doesn't clog your pores. So, you know, that's one of my biggest things um, for sure. Um, what is another thing? Oh, I'm over exfoliating my skin. I disagree completely. I, I get so frustrated when I hear people talking about, you know, you're over exfoliating your skin. And... We know that when you get to 26, our skin cells start um, losing the desquamation process. So we, uh, the skin starts to get dry and then we, you know, the bonds get drier and therefore the skin gets stuck. And then we get this like, layering of their skin cells. And so to get that inner beauty, what do you have to do? You have to expose those inner beauty skin cells by removing the dead skin cells. And so if you don't exfoliate frequently, how are you gonna glow? You have all this dead skin cells. So you do need to exfoliate frequently but it's just knowing the medium to use. And my thing is like teaching clients how to exfoliate safely every day by using gentle enzymes on the skin versus harsh scrubs or anything that's going to be administered in an office like a TCA, you'll go and see like myself or you, you know, where you do deep treatment. So 
absolutely anyone hearing it's important that you do exfoliate you know especially at the age of 26 is a really good time to like really focus on exfoliation like weekly um it's really important in my yeah life. the first 25 years of your genetics you can go ahead and like, you know like drink party whatever you know keeps you happy and then starting at 26 20, and beyond yeah. you're really accountable for your actions it's right? true it's true you know and yeah. Creams also do really work. It's funny. So you'll think that creams don't work, but I'm like, boy, it's finding the right cream that works for you, you know, and that you've got to find the jam that works for you, you know? Creams. Totally. I completely agree. Mm. Um, so what is the worst beauty trend going on right now? You know, I really hate to say this, but I, 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 I'm not a fan of the everyday walk-in laser situation where people are having like, I'm having like laser every week. I, I don't understand that either. Right? Thank you. I, I had to say it because no, I have a beard on it about it. And it's and then I'm like wondering no. why all my clients are wondering why they have erythema, why they have rosacea. I'm like, well, that's because you're having a weekly... A weekly facial, No, right? you don't do lasers weekly. And especially when it's like sunny, you're going to get more melasma and more damage because your acid mantle is like not there anymore. And if it's mild enough to do weekly, it's not strong enough to be effective and to actually be doing much. Right, right. right? Okay. So it's like this weird... I'm not, it's not clear to me what exactly that's supposed to accomplish. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I, I don't think it does much. I think it does more damage than good. So I think that there's an overselling, like, you know, weekly lasers. I think that's really not the right mindset, really. Um, what else are people doing right now? Um, you know, like, also be really careful with um, retinols. You know, like, you want to make sure that you're using the right retinol. Like, I feel like people are using wrong retinols all the time, and you... Again, you know, you have to sort of like start slowly and gradually build up. Totally. I find that people yeah. overuse retinols and it's very much like everyone that I um, take on, it's like the first thing they mark is like they have a retinol, but I'm like, well, what are you using and how are you using it? Because, you know, you have melasma because you've been using the retinol when you're in the Bahamas with your husband. Like, that's the time when you want to stop using your retinol. Right, right. Um, so that's really, that really And retinol is kind of, yeah, that's a very broad term and it describes so many different types of products. So... You know, like we were talking about customization yeah. before, you really want to customize the strength, degree, type, frequency, medium of retinol delivery to your skin types. And some people, especially if you're in the Bahamas on vacation, yeah. you're not going to do so well with the retinol that's going to make your skin so vulnerable. No, I know. And I think yeah. it's, I don't know about you, but I keep seeing on like Instagram, you have these like instant like peptide creams that like suddenly like, like make everything really, really tight, but... Yeah, I think it's just it's preparation real, age or something. I don't. That's not it's real. Not, it's not real. That's it's not science based. It's not yeah. science, but everyone's like going crazy for this. Like, mm, like I don't want to get like this like smoothness. I'm like, yeah, but it's actually really drying in your skin, and you're getting a. And then what happens two hours after the selfie? Right? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're or twelve hours. Yeah, later, so yeah. I find that there's a lot of things that come in and go out of fashion really, really quickly. Do you like? I, totally, I see and a lot of it is born by Instagram. Yeah, I know. So how has Instagram helped you in your business? And tell us about how that works. You know, it's I, I never wanted to get on it because I always Me felt too. like it's a beast. It's like once you start feeding everyone information, they only want more information, and then you have to feed the beast, and the beast gets bigger, and then you have to give out more. Such a hungry beast <laughs> It's now, a hungry right? beast, but equally, it's an education, and like, you and me in the same boat, where we want to help people achieve beautiful skin. My, my, my passion is to reach more people, and I only have one set of hands, and you only have one set of hands, so right. how do we help more people is by getting on a social platform, and so now I've sort of, I had to, I had to embrace it, so I embraced it just two years ago. Um, cause I was a slow coach, you know, and I, and I embraced it and, um, I just started like doing silly things, you know, like, oh, 
here I am in my atelier, and I'm like, well, that's not really educating people. Like, they don't want to see me here in my atelier. They want to probably see me do a protocol. But I'm a Brit, and I like to have fun, so I'd have a bit of fun. Like, there would be, you've seen some of my sillier posts, but I think beauty should be fun. You don't always want it to be serious, but equally you want to get great content out of that's meaningful and that's, you know, correct and has, you know, a sense of this, this is going to do good for my skin. So I just started doing video tutorials and people love those tutorials. You know, when I do a demonstration on a massage or demonstrating how to apply cream properly. And it may seem like the most simplest thing, but it's also not. It's like, how to apply cream properly you know how to apply your eye cream so it takes people behind the curtain a bit because there's a whole you know for you 25 years of expertise have gone into everything that you do and you know one treatment with one person and to just see a little sneak peek of that people are going to learn something yeah and I I don't know about you but like we're we're spending hours and hours a week you know in a practice like working on real people so we really do have like that real authentic voice that you know what like we are the ones that are behind the chair and making magic happen so I want to give out real advice because sometimes you look on Instagram and you, you you're looking at something I'm like oh my gosh bless you you're you're a beautiful blogger but you're not you're not actually a credential certified person this is not how you should be advising people how to apply this product I'm like this is the wrong way and I'm like I'm like cringing behind my chair thinking all these people are going to go and buy that product now, but you're using it in the wrong way, and it's the wrong tool for that wrong purpose. So yeah, I feel and like once in the once in a while, it's kind of a damaging product too, where that's extra cringeworthy. Yeah, so I feel like you know I have to, and and also for you, I have to just set the record right and just like actually like help people. Like you know what, this is a platform you could come to George Louise or you could come to Lara Dufkin, and you can get you know the, the right information and the right tools for the right skin, the right you know, because there is, it's like there is so much information out there but a lot of the information in my view isn't correct and isn't right um so i feel now more than ever that i'm spending even more time like educating people on you know how to use things and why to use things and that's really important to me yeah well you do such an amazing job with it so trying (laughs) yes i'm loving it um how many facials should somebody get in a year um, you know, like we said, we talked about 26. I think for a 26-year-old setting up, they could start with two facials a year, you know, because they're young, do like the summer and then do the winter facial. As you get into your 30s, you could do like bi-monthly. And as you get into your mid-30s, every six weeks. When you get into your 40s, you want to do it every month. And the reason why I say that is because um, your skin cells excrement every four to six weeks. So when you see your hair cutter, they're going to say, come back and see me in six weeks. Well, why do they want to come back and see you in six weeks? It's because you have cuticles and you have like split ends. Not to mention roots. Right. I know. So it's the same with skincare. If you're not exfoliating properly or getting rid of like the pollution in your skin from the city that has so much pollutants in in the environment... Or if you're not exfoliating properly or if you're not working on your muscles because you're not doing your face yoga at home, you're going to come to an amazing esthetician and we're going to clean out your pores, we're going to retrain your muscles and keep everything in check. So it's really like that maintenance. So you start with two in your 26 and then as you get into your 40s, I really believe that you should maintain it monthly. I mean, you know, think about manicures. Everyone's getting manicures every two weeks, but I believe that the biggest organ on the body is the face. So we should spend more time on the face. Yeah, and you lead with your face, right? right? So yeah, it's sort of the seat of your identity, right? And I understand it's nice. that it's it's a lot of people feel that a facial is luxury. 
Um, you know, my long-term goals is to try and, and make facials not as luxurious, but more of a, a necessity by helping people, you know, go to places which are, you know, more of an express maintenance, you know, a uh, facial situation would be, is my goal, you know, long-term. That's awesome. Mm. Well, I can't wait to hear more about it. Um, as a little thank you for coming and speaking with us today, we wanted to gift you any product of your choice oh, wow. from Scientific Beauty, my line. Yeah. And I know I have an idea what you're going to say because we were chatting about it yeah. before, but is there anything in particular that you You know, I, I, I am obsessed with your eyelashes and um, I have hazel eyes. Um, I have always been so scared to use anything that's going to like make my hazel eyes turn brown. Exactly. And I've also been really scared to use anything that's going to like, you know, like give me that circular like tint around my mm -hmm. eyes. So I would absolutely love to try your new eyelash. Yay. I'm excited to have lashes like you. Oh, <laughs> gonna, you're going to like them. And um, we'll be happy to give you yeah, some of our thank platinum you long so lash. Much. My so pleasure. Great. And then since this is Beauty Bosses, we're going to end with a couple of quick questions. The first one is, what does beauty mean to you? Beauty is, it comes from the inside, that how you smile, how you dress, how, you, how your mannerisms are. I think that when you have a beautiful confidence, Skin, it just makes you even more beautiful as a person. And what does being a boss mean to you? Um, being um, in control of you know your environment and your workspace and looking after the people that you work for you. That's great. I really like that. And it's been so fun to chat with you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you thanks so for having much me. It's for so being cool. here. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. And I can't wait to hear about all the amazing things you have in store and yeah, there's lots of things happening, so I'm excited to share with you on the journey. Yay! Some product launches and new things coming up for me. Okay, amazing. And yeah. we have the Met Gala right around the corner. I know, so like, oh, no, that's going to keep us busy. Crazy. I know, right? You've got to be doing the gold mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank um, you. Okay, well, thank you so yeah, much. Thanks, everyone, for having me. Bye.